Section 3 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 8, March 1897. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Rubber Forests of Nicaragua and Sierra Leone by General A. W. Greeley, Chief Signal Officer, United States Army. The increasing commercial demands for raw rubber and the steady diminution of caoutchouc produced by existing rubber forests give special interest to any information bearing on future supplies of caoutchouc pending the discovery of compounds that shall supplant it. In 1892, the Department of State published a special consular report on rubber and rubber manufactures, which has lately been supplemented by additional information. The India rubber trees, of which there are several profitable varieties, will produce annually from 10 to 40 pounds of caoutchouc for many years, if they are tapped judiciously. It is, however, an almost universal complaint from Africa, America, and Asia that the greed and carelessness of the native collectors, who seek to obtain the greatest immediate quantity by the least laborious methods, are rapidly destroying the rubber-bearing plants. Trees are either felled or so deeply and roughly incised as to speedily die. The fresh rubber juice, resembling cream in colour and consistency, has an ammoniacal odour, which rapidly disappears, leaving the caoutchouc odourless and tasteless. Trees yield the milk copiously for several months each year, and the coagulated rubber averages about 30% of the original juice, two pounds of caoutchouc to the gallon. Brazil is the principal source of raw rubber, and that from Para is the best. In 1890, the receipts of caoutchouc at Para reached 16,570 tons, according to the report of Consul J. O. Kirby, whose account of rubber gathering may be of interest. The rubber gatherer rolls out of his hammock as soon as it is light in the morning, and takes his gulp of rum and his calabash of coffee and starts out to visit his rubber trees. He wears a short pair of breeches and sometimes a shirt. He goes barefoot, for he must wade through the swamp mud and ooze of the tide up to his knees, and often up to his waist in water. He takes a basketful of earthenware gill cups, a hunk of adhesive clay, and a little narrow-bladed hatchet. If he adopts the most approved method of tapping the trees, he reaches as high as he can with his hatchet, making an incision in the bark, but not reaching through to the wood. The milk immediately begins to issue in rapid drops or little streams. With a spat of the adhesive clay, he immediately fastens one of his little gill clay cups just below the bleeding gash, and moulds the clay so as to make all the rubber milk flow into the cup. Three such gashes, at equal distances around the tree and at equal height, is the rule. The next day he will make three more gashes in the same way, just a little below these three, and so continue, until by the end of the season he will have reached the level of the ground. Each of his 100 or 150 trees is treated in the same way, and he returns home, after having travelled from three to five miles, barefoot and almost naked, through thorny thicket and malarial steaming swamp. When he reaches his hut, he again takes another gulp from the demijohn, snatches a breakfast of salt fish and mandioca meal, which are often mouldy from the reeking damp of the swamp, and then he starts out again with his calabash buckets to gather the milk which by this time has ceased to flow. His gill cups are full, or nearly so, and when he reaches home he has milk enough to make four kilos of rubber, on an average. The next task is the coagulation of the milk. 
for this purpose he has a jug-shaped furnace made of earthenware called a boyao open at bottom and top and with a small aperture at the side to admit the air for the combustion in this piece of furniture he builds a fire or rather a smudge with the nuts of the inija or urukuri palm the dense black smoke which rolls from the open top of the boyao is the reagent which coagulates the milk for this purpose the rubber gatherer has a circular bladed paddle like the paddle of a canoe which he smears over with clay so that the rubber will not adhere to it this is suspended by means of a cord from the limb of a tree just above the smudge the milk is poured over the blade of the paddle which is then turned over and around about in the smoke and in a few moments the film of rubber is coagulated the same process is repeated of wetting with milk and smoking the growing lump until it reaches the weight of from five to twenty-five kilos or more then it is slipped off from the paddle as a mitten is pulled off from one's hand this ball is the crude rubber rubber prospects in nicaragua a later report from consul j crawford's contains the following information recently many persons in western nicaragua have declared their intention to plant and cultivate elastic rubber yielding some varieties of the juno are but slightly elastic trees and vines in the eastern part of the state such estates are locally named haciendas de ule these persons are inquiring concerning the localities having the most suitable lands and climate the species and varieties of trees and vines that annually or biennially yield the largest quantity of good rubber the proper distance apart for planting the trees and vines the best modes of cultivation and how many years must elapse before it is proper to commence the annual or biennial collection of rubber etc many of the valleys in central and northeastern nicaragua contain all the natural conditions for a full yield of an excellent quality of elastic rubber they are localities supporting numerous groves of large-sized trees yielding rubber until about fifteen years ago when nearly all the trees had been killed by too severe scarifying by irresponsible collectors locality in nicaragua south of latitude fifteen degrees north and in low valleys where the soil is alluvial or vegetable hummus and sand capable of being rapidly drained and in a climate that is uniformly warm and humid suit the largest rubber yielding varieties of trees and vines some varieties giving an excellent quality of very elastic rubber are indigenous to a higher drier climate and soil there are several of the natural orders urtigaceae sapotaceae moraceae apocinaceae euphorbiaceae indigenous in nicaragua which when scarified deeply exude a milk-like sap from which rubber of various degrees of elasticity is separated the annual quantity and the quality in elasticity differ usually with the species and with different conditioned localities some prefer the low alluvial lands under a humid atmosphere while other varieties flourish best in a more elevated sandy and decomposed vegetable matter lands rich in potash as the volcanic valley districts south of lake nicaragua the most desirable varieties for quantity per annum and quality of rubber are the siphonia elastica and castilloa elastica habitants of well-drained low alluvial valleys kept warm by a humid atmosphere the second best rubber producers are of the ficus family a variety locally known as matapala an epiphyte having numerous bodies from aerial roots like the banyan tree it is also an inhabitant of low fertile well-drained lands 
by cultivation this tree would probably equal the other low valley varieties in quality and annual output of rubber it has the advantage that if one of its trunks is deadened by excessive drainage of the sap it has several other live trunks from which to obtain supplies of rubber another good variety is the manihot balano locally known as the arbol de vaca cow milk tree a large hardy indigenous kind found at altitudes of one thousand to two thousand feet above the ocean the annual yield of elastic material depends on the bulk of the bast or lactiferous tissues that exist or that can be developed some trees of two or three feet diameter and thirty-five to fifty feet tall will give annually twenty to forty pounds of good rubber the quality of rubber depends largely upon the form of the cells composing the bast and in part the process used to separate the elastic material from the emulsion-like sap quality and quantity are responsive to cultivation according to very recent reports from nicaragua the leaves yield a purer juice and more copiously than the bast if this proves true the supply of rubber can be largely increased without permanent injury to the tree the shoots should be transplanted to a nursery when one year old and thence removed to their permanent place when three years of age in rows say sixty four matapala eighty one siphonia and one hundred castilloa trees per acre cultivation consists in ditching the land so as to drain it at will keeping it moist without permitting water to stand still keep all undergrowth cut down and the land hilled up around the trees fell other varieties of trees and vines until they shade but a very small part of the land commence during the sixth or seventh year to collect rubber by small area incisions through the bast taking if the trees have matured properly eight to twelve pounds of rubber from each tree biennially but after the tree is twelve years of age a sufficient quantity of sap could be annually extracted to yield ten to fifteen pounds of good elastic rubber the two following modes of incision are preferable to other processes one cut with a curved sharp instrument channels through the lactiferous tissue similar to those made in pine trees in turpentine orchards in the united states two drive tubes cut from the internodes of bamboo abundant in nicaragua through the bast first making a slanting cut of a part of the circumference of the tube and drive the sharpened end one and a half to two inches long into the tree then when the collecting season is past plug up the tubes of that season with wood that has been dipped in some liquid insecticide and saw off the tube and its wooden core even with the thin exterior bark of the tree the coagulation of the milk-like exudation and the separation from it of the elastic material can be effected by heating to one hundred and sixty seven to one hundred and seventy five degrees fahrenheit and stirring in a hot decoction of some species of convolvulaceae as morning glory or stirring into the emulsion when fresh and hot the smoke from burning palm or other oleaginous nuts which are abundant in rubber yielding districts secondary crops planted between the rows of rubber producing trees could be the liberia coffee tree bananas or such fibrous plants as hennequin sisal etc of the agave family also the vanilla bean one vine to each rubber tree which would yield an annual crop equal in value to the rubber product while the vanilla vine needs trees of this class for sustenance yet it is probable that the vanilla would not materially reduce the flow of sap or the quantity of elastic material from the tree a comparative estimate of the annual value per acre in nicaragua of coffee trees and rubber trees at nine years of age and thereafter 
at present eighteen ninety six prices gives one hundred and ninety two dollars net profit from an acre in rubber trees rubber forests of sierra leone the following information concerning the undeveloped rubber forests of sierra leone is drawn from the address of his excellency colonel cardew to the legislative council of sierra leone on his journeys aggregating one thousand three hundred miles in the hinterland and protectorate of sierra leone in eighteen ninety four to ninety five there are large forests with abundant rubber waiting exploitation by intelligent and systematic methods and that will yield wealth to the first enterprising comer an extensive rubber forest lies between makali and kruto covering the greater part of the district between the seli and bagui rivers this area comprises portions of the kuniki and koranko districts and the extent of the rubber forests is estimated at six hundred square miles the portion of the forest scene is composed of rubber trees about ten years old called kewatia these trees grow rapidly and in ten years attain a girth of two or three feet but under present methods they are felled by the rubber gatherer two vines the nofe and the lilibu yield rubber the latter of the choicest quality the nofe is invariably cut up and destroyed for its rubber and the lilibu generally so the native processes of rubber gathering are crude and wasteful in the extreme if intelligent and economical methods were adopted there would be far greater yields than formerly and the west african rubber would command a higher price unless better methods of extracting rubber are introduced it is safe to predict that under the increasing demand for rubber one of the most thriving industries of sierra leone will be ruined by the extinction of the plant at present for the purpose of extracting a few pounds of rubber large trees are totally destroyed the forests in the kuniki and koranko districts are quite accessible it being about seven days march to makali where the woods are entered water carriage for light canoes is possible down the rokel river from benkia two marches from makali these forests however are small compared to those on the anglo-liberian frontier along the moro and mano rivers which extend nearly a thousand miles the exploitation of these forests has been impracticable for the last twenty years owing to border raids but under present conditions of peacefulness it is now possible to open up these forests which abound in rubber and elephants and the southern portions of which are within two days journey of solina a protectorate will shortly be proclaimed over the british sphere of influence in the interior and under the proposed arrangement of five districts each to be under a competent commissioner it is hoped there will be a rapid development of the interior especially in the way of opening up communications and fostering trade End of section three.